are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Praise the Lord. This morning and, and in this whole series, I really wanted to focus uh, not so much on the fasting side. Every year I kind of focus on fasting because it was sort of a new thing, like what is fasting? Why do we fast? But this year the Lord really said, I want you guys to focus on prayer. I want you to seek me. I want you to know what that means. Prayer is not just a routine, something that we do, but it's something that is intimate between us and the Lord. Prayer is so important. It's used to communicate the Lord. When we, we live in a world of busyness and chaos, yet there's something so important to taking time to quiet ourselves and have fellowship with our Savior. Do you know what? That is what separates us from all religions. Is Our God is not dead. He's alive. And our God wants to have relationship with us. We're, we're, we're no longer servants, but we're now friends. He wants to walk with us and pour life into us, and he wants to speak to us and, and walk with us. It's absolutely amazing. Prayer, like anything, can become mundane. It can become routine. It can become boring. But the Lord is far from boring. He's desiring relationship with us. When we are silent and we wait upon the Lord, the door opens up for God to share with us the things to prepare us for the unknown. You know, there's a type of prayer that that uh, some of our people are like, you know, Pastor, you should try this. And, and it was, it's called soaking. And, and soaking is where you just kind of lay before the Lord and you just maybe put on some really still music and you just connect with Jesus. And it was very difficult for me because I'm kind of a, like, I don't know if you ever come out on the, on the, uh, on the 7, 14 a.m. and p.m. A lot of people like to kneel and pray. I like to walk. Man, and sometimes the sanctuary is not big enough. I've got to walk out the door and around the back and down the hallways because I just like to walk and pray. That's how I, I feel that I can connect. I love to go for prayer walks. I love to do this kind of a thing. But when you just lay before the Lord and just say, God, I just want to quiet myself and receive from you, it's amazing when, when all of a sudden you realize that, you know what, Lord? My relationship with you isn't dependent upon what I can do for you. But Lord, you just want to show me who's boss. You just want to show me, Lance, you just lay there and do nothing and see how great I am. You just stand there and quiet yourself. Don't talk. Listen and allow me to download your spirit. And it's just like, oh God, shh. I just said, oh God, shh. I just want you to be quiet. I just want you to listen to my, my presence. Jeremiah 33 3 says, Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. It makes all the difference when you ask Jesus what his thoughts are about a subject. You know, the Lord wants to show you things and tell you things. I remember I went on a trip one year, and I was, I was meeting a couple of predominant people, I guess, of mint pastors and, uh, throughout the world. And I was a little nervous because these guys are big fish. You know, they're writing books and they've got mega churches of millions of people. Or, uh, that, that's evangelistically speaking. One's 6,000, the other one's 8,000. But, but, you know, like, they're just, they're, it's just kind of cool what God's doing. And, 
And I was getting, I found myself getting kind of nervous and kind of like, okay, Lord, like, why did you send me here? God, I, I got to do this. Okay, this is going to be good. And I just kind of quieted myself and I went into to prayer and asked the Lord to prepare me. And you know, that night, the Lord told me three things. He says, the first guy that you're going to meet, and I don't want to give his name, but the first guy that you're going to meet, he said, Lance, he's not a safe guy. He has some issues, and I want you to ask him this question. I want you to ask him what lessons he's learned from his mother. I'm like, how am I going to do that, God? Like the first time you meet someone, you're talking to them, and say, hey, so what lessons have you learned from your mom? It's like, you're a fruitcake. Like, so I'm like, Lord, I want to put on a good show. Like, I, you know, I, want to, I don't want this guy to kick me out. It's like, I want you to ask him what lessons you've learned from his, mo- his mom. All right. The second guy, Lance, be yourself. He's a kindred. And he says, and the third person, he goes, I want you to know, like, I was only meeting two. He goes, but there's a third. He says, there's, there's coming a, a man who has an accent. And he says, I want you to love on him because he's a gift from me. I said, okay, Lord. This is about two years ago. So the first guy I go, one of his staff members picks me up and gives me a tour of all the different campuses and what they're doing and this kind of stuff. And he says, you know what? Out of nowhere, this guy says, he's got some issues with his mom. I'm like, really? Like, what are you talking about? He says, oh, like, his mom sued him because for defamation of character and, and this kind of stuff. And they're just not in a good place right now. And I'm just like, wow. Like, Lord, you showed me this. And then the second guy I went and met the very next day, this guy, I just started talking to him, he's, and he's, he's talking, and we're talking about healing, and we're talking about the healing centers that we're wanting to do, and kind of sharing my heart. He goes, you know, Lance, I really sense that you're a kindred. Like, that's some of the stuff that God's been showing me. I'm like, ah, two for two! This is awesome! And then the third one, I forgot about it. It was two years ago. And then all of a sudden, one day I'm praying, and the Lord said to me, he says, do you remember what I showed you that night? I said, yeah. He said, you remember the third guy that I said who had an accident, he was coming to treat him really well because he's a gift for you from me? I said, yeah. He says, that's Ernie. And I'm like, Lord, this was back in September, just before Ernie got here. I said, I forgot all about that, God. And Lord, thank you for the gift in my brother from Ireland. You know what? What a gift he is from the Lord to Cold Lake. And that was one of the things that Dan was sharing with us. He's kind of like, you know what, Lance? One of, the, one of the tough things about being the pastor is, is that whole transient nature. You kind of see the intercession team kind of going up. It's like, yes, we got some team now to be able to go and do the things of the healing center, and then boom, they move away. It's kind of like we're back building again. It's like we're building, and we're building, and we're building, and we're building. It's like, God. But then he's like, Dan says, you know what? But the Lord is sending people here who are prepared to step into those places. And it's amazing, like we had men's ministry on Monday night, and I met a couple of guys who I'd never met before, and just to see them pray, I'm just like, they're seasoned guys. You know, um, prayer in the morning, Josephine's been coming up morning and evening, and, and I got to meet, learn Josephine, and Josephine, you're a gift. Someone who prays and someone who's hungry for the Lord. And I say, God, thank you. The Lord is so faithful, my friends. You know, sometimes we don't get to see it because there's so much going on. And and if if the enemy can keep us busy, nonstop, boom, 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 he doesn't have to worry about anything. He doesn't have to worry about our family. He doesn't worry, worry about this because we're so on our minds on other things that we're not taking that time to quiet our spirits 
and being effective for the kingdom of God. Because you know what? If we start to run on our own wisdom and our own knowledge, we're going to come up short. My friends, we need to rely on the Lord. It's the only way for us to be able to succeed in life. It's the only hope for our children. It's the only hope for our marriages. It's the only hope for our jobs is that the Lord is, is in the center of everything. There's times in my life where I just assume that I know best. And I start to run ahead. And there was, when I was in Calgary, there was a business guy in Calgary and he was doing some investments and, and uh, he was successful in the past. And we didn't pray about it. And we're just like, yes, here's an opportunity. And we invested for us a lot of money. And it just went belly up. And it's like, man, like, Lord, it seems like every time I do something for the church, it's like the Midas touch. It, it blesses it. But when I do something personally, for my own financial help. They tank every time, God. I need to seek the face of God in my personal finances, in my personal life, to say, Lord, am I parenting right? Lord, do you, I, I don't know about you if, if you have more than one child, but do you know each child is different? If I tried to parent Lucas the same way I had, Mc, this way, same way I parent Mackenzie, it wouldn't work. And I have to have strategies for each one of them to be able to help them because they're two different children and they're completely different people even though they come from the same parents. I believe there are many heartaches God wants to spare us from, but it takes time and dedication to wait upon the Lord, hear and then step into his will and perhaps say, you know what, Lord? I know what you want, God. I want what you want in my life. Isaiah 55, 8 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord's. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This morning I'd like to share on what I call the three D's of prayer. A tool that I believe will helpfully clarify some mysticism about prayer this morning. The first one is prayers of desperation. Have you ever been in a situation where things are going great? You know what, it's a great day, the weather's great, and then boom, out of the f nowhere, the phone rings, and it greatly impacts your day. As a pastor, I get these calls a lot. Desperation is when something scary happens. I remember when we first moved to Coal Lake, the very first Bible study that we had, we, did, uh, we, we decided to do a, a, a Dobson Bible study, and it was on uh, the essentials of discipline. And we had, I think, maybe three or four different uh, families come out and we were learning these parenting skills together. And uh, it, was, it was a real great time to bond and get to meet some people. And the very last day that we had this, this thing, we, we closed it off with a barbecue and I had a barbecue at the house and everybody came over and we had a bit of a party. And everything was going great. It was a good party. We were having fun. It was a lot of, things were going well. But one of the little girls, her name was Abby, one of, she, they, they've moved on now to BC, Abby Baldwin, and I think at the time she was probably two, and she ran out from the yard, and everybody in the, in the party thing didn't notice that she was gone, and she ran into the road and got hit by an F-350 tr uh, truck. And when that happened, you know, like I was in the, the kitchen getting things ready, and I remember Courtney, the father, coming, running. He goes, we got to get out of here. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, Abby got hit by a truck. And I thought immediately, oh, man, 
She was out playing in the sandbox, and, and my son grabbed the truck and hit her in the head, I'm sure. I'm like, how am I? I am so sorry. And he's like, no, 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 she got hit by a real truck. I'm like, how did she get hit by a real truck? Like, it's in a backyard. She, and, and, like, it's just, it's happening so fast that you just can't, you just can't process it. He's like, we got to go, uh, Pastor, I don't have time to talk. We got to go to the hospital. And I'm like, I got to go with you guys. And they jumped in the truck, and there was no room, and I jumped in the back of the truck. That was a mistake. Because I got a dad who's freaking out, thinking his daughter's going to die any second now. And he's driving the, the, the truck, and he's driving to the hospital, and I'm sitting in the back of the truck just like, and he's just like driving like erratically. I tell you, I have never had a deeper intercession in my life. I'm in the back of the truck, and I'm speaking in tongues the whole way, and I'm just like, Lord, keep me safe and, and keep this, the girl safe as well. And as we, as we got there, you know, like the, 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 they went and assessed it and flew her off and, and to Edmonton, and it was miraculous. Like she, she had a fractured skull, but really there was no damage. Like she was fine, and she was out of the hospital in no time, and it could have been so much worse. But when desperation prayers happen, they don't, when de- a desperate situation happens, it doesn't give you warning. Boom, everything can be fine, and then in the moment, you're in the, you're in the thick of it. And in the middle of these times, the enemy wants to sit right on our shoulders and he'll start to taunt us. Where's your God now? If God really loved you, this would never happen. And angerness and bitterness starts to set in. My friends, I don't wish these moments on anybody. But the truth of the matter is, one day your phone is going to ring. One day there's going to be a knock on your door. One day you're going to have your day ruined by something. Why? We're mortals. Our spirits live forever, but our earthly bodies will deteriorate. But as believers in the middle of trouble, in the middle of desperation, we have hope. Matthew 12, 20 says, He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, He will cause justice to be victorious. Jesus will not crush the contrite heart. Have you ever experienced brokenness? Have you been in that place of absolute helplessness? The Lord is our hope. The Lord is our strength. He's our fortress. He's our deliverer. God can make a way when there is no other way. The Bible tells us a very sensitive story. And this morning as I read this story, or you read along with me, I want you to hear the heart of a father this morning. All right, it's found in Mark chapter 9, and it's starting out in verse 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, convulsion, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into a fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us. Help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. See, did you hear the heart of the father? 
A father who has no hope turns to Jesus, and in his unbelief, he says, Lord, help me to overcome my unbelief. That is a powerful statement. He brought the boy to the disciples, and nothing happened. And he's like, Lord, I, I've done everything. I, I, I googled demon possession, and I came up short. I've taken him to shamas, and I've taken him to medicine men, and I've come up short. This demon has, has tried to kill my son by throwing him into a fire and by drowning him. And Lord, I'm going to lose him if you don't do anything. So I brought him to the disciples because I've seen with my eyes them casting out spirits. I've seen with my eyes them healing people. And they came up short. Jesus, can you do anything? And Jesus is like, what do you mean, can I? wonder if we get there when we become so desperate and something is happening that it's just kind of like, Lord, you need to do something, God. And when something doesn't happen in our time frame or something doesn't go the way that we want it to go, it's immediately like, you know, God, I gave you a try. Forget it. That's not who God is. Every one of us in this room one day will go to be with the Lord. And it's the fact of life. But our time on this world is so short compared to an eternity with the Father. And when we walk in that place and we know who Jesus Christ is and we speak out in the moment of desperation, Lord, help! I have seen the faithfulness of God time and time and time and time again answer those desperate prayers. And we just sit back and go, God, you're awesome. But then what happens is we forget. Man, the Lord does something amazing, and I've seen this happen to, to families. He heals people. He takes people from a life and death situation and heals them. It's kind of like, oh God, hallelujah, thank you, you're so good. Now I'm going to get back into what I was doing, Lord. And the Lord is so faithful. He's like, knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. I'm here. I'm waiting for you. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. And sometimes these moments of desperation, these moments of despair, is what gives us a little jerk back to our knees and quiets us under the Father where we're like, man, I am so weak, but God, you are strong. Those 911 prayers do not go unnoticed. Jesus says in his word that he would never leave you and he'll never forsake you and that he's always with you. The next type of prayer is a dangerous prayer. There's something about an aspect of danger. If anything, it makes you have an amazing story, doesn't it? I remember when I was uh, first married with Cindy, we've, this July will be 20 years for Cindy and I, and we, we just moved into our first apartment, and we bought a, a, a condo apartment in Edmonton. And it was a four-story building, and we were on the third story, and uh, we called this the love den. We just, we love this house. It was, we had a lot of fun in this place. But one problem with this, this house is when they built it, all the doors are like 
an uh, a, a hotel that when you leave, you can't not, it locks behind you. You know, like you cannot make it so it doesn't do that. So Sydney and I, one time, we went, said, uh, let's go over to, let's go over to Roger's video. It was just across the street. We'll rent a movie for the night. And we walk out, we both of us walk out. And I said, do you have your key? She goes, no, don't you have yours? No. Oh, and the door's locked. And I'm like, oh man, we've got no key. What are we going to do? So I started thinking, I'm like, how much do you think it'd be to get a, a locksmith in here to open up the door? It's like, well, I don't know how long it'll take him to get there. Like, it's like 8 o'clock at night and probably 100 bucks. I'm like, 100 bucks? I'm going to get in there for free. So I'm like, all right, I know what to do. So I went up to the fourth story, and he was a friend of mine who lived directly above me. I knocked on his door. I said, hey, can you do me a favor? He's like, yeah, what's up? So I locked my door. And I locked out, but I think my balcony door's open. I want to jump out on your balcony and swing down to my balcony and, and see if the door is, the, the, the sliding patio door is open. I doubt that's locked. He's like, you're mental. <laughs> I'm like, I got to do it. So I climbed over the, the railing and, I, and I'm climbing. I look down. I'm like, man, this is high up there. Four stories. I'm like, okay, I can do this. So the guy's like, I, I, I can't even watch. He goes, and he takes his belt off, and he straps me around here with his belt, and he holds on to his belt. Well, he's probably a size 36 waist, so I start to go down, and I'm like, okay, like, I can't go down any farther. You've got to take your belt off. I've got to do this without a, without a harness. So I climb back up, and he takes his belt off, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do this. So I, I, I climb down, I hold on to the thing, and I swing into, the, into my balcony, and I make it. I'm like, Yes! I didn't die. This is awesome. So I go to the sliding door and it's locked. And now I'm trapped out on the balcony. And Sydney's like, do you want me to call this locksmith now? I'm like, no. Because on the side of the building is a window. And it's, there's nothing there. It just goes straight down. But I think I can do it. So I take a little something, I don't know what I did, and I, and I went on the window and I slid it open, sure enough, it was, it was open. And then I climb out on my balcony, I'm like this, and I'm like, okay, how am I gonna get from here to, like it's like this, right? How am I gonna get from here to here? And I'm like, if I jump, will I make it? I'm like, I don't know if I will or not. So I grab it on the thing, I kick my feet up, and I put, get one ankle inside the window. And now I'm bridged, I'm like, <laughs> three stories up and I'm bridged and I'm like that is a long way down and I take my feet I just kind of go like this with my feet and I and I do a sit-up and I get in the window I'm like that was easy <laughs> save myself a hundred bucks that day <laughs> prayers that are dangerous are exciting we are not to live boring lives if I didn't do what I did right there that day, you wouldn't be with me in this journey right now. I'd be like, yeah, prayer's exciting. Um, I remember I was house-sitting a cat one day. It just doesn't work. Unless it's a tiger or a lion. Prayer's like, Lord, I'm no longer going to live for myself. But God, not my will, but your wills be done. You know where that's found? Luke 22. Jesus is getting ready for his destiny, the cross. He speaks with the Father and says, basically, Lord, if you're willing to take this cup from me, what he's saying is, Dad,
I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to the cross. Lord, this is going to be awful. It's going to hurt. I am going to die. I'm going to be spat upon. I'm going to be whipped. I'm going to be beat. And I don't want this, Lord. But, and that is the coolest but in the history of the world. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And that is a prayer that shook the heavens and radically changed hell. The Lord has given every single one of us free will. We all have it. I could choose to fast. I can choose not to fast. I could choose to go to church on Sundays. I can choose not to go to church on Sundays. I could choose to live for the Lord, and I can choose not to live for the Lord. The choice is mine. And when the Lord has given us a free will, and he wants that to be sacred because he didn't make us to be robots to worship him, and we freely give up our free will and say, Lord... I don't want to live for myself, but God, I want you to reign in my house. Lord, I want you to be the Lord and the master of the home. That shakes hell. That changes people because the Lord says, I can use that. We are the pot. He is the potter and we are the clay. He wants to mold us and shape us. And all of a sudden, he starts to form us, and we don't like it sometimes. Because it's like, no, Lord, I don't want to do that. And the Lord says, you prayed, not your will. If you want my will, this is going to hurt a little bit. But wait till you see the finished product. You think that, that, that sky is beautiful? <laughs> That's just a painting. You are my masterpiece. Prayers like, Lord, I give you everything. I give you my future. It's yours. Amen? Lord, I give you my family, Lord. It's yours. Amen? Okay, that's not the biggest of amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, I give you my will. Amen. I give you my family. Whoa. What about if my kids one day get passionate for the Lord and the Lord calls them to Cambodia? I don't know, God. Lord, I give you everything. I give you my will. I give you my life. I give you my family. Amen? Amen. And I give you my wallet. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. Stop right there. Churches, I tell you, they're always talking about money. That's all they ever do is talk about money. You know why? This thing here is powerful. And if I decide to give, there's a surrenderance there because I like my stuff. I like my money. But when I say, Lord, even this is yours. And if the Lord challenges me and says, you know, I remember one time a guy taking up an offering. We should do this one time, Hayward. And say, you know what, everyone, we're going to take up our offering right now. And what I want you to do is take out your wallets. Everyone take out your wallets and purses. Everybody got them? Yeah. Now switch with somebody three rows back and make a donation that you've always wanted to make before. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, oh, whose checkbook am I? I got Ray Cowell's checkbook. This is going to be good. How many zeros in 100,000? You know? And all of a sudden, it's kind of like, Lord... I give you everything, God. 
So we got two big amens and one no amen, but that's okay. Lord, your will. A biblical example of a dangerous prayer is found in the book of Esther. It's found in Esther 4.15. It says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat, drink for three days, nights. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. And if I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther ordered her to do. So, let me give you a little bit of background if you don't know the story. Esther was the queen. And she was, the law was that if the king doesn't summon you, to the throne room, and you go in unannounced, if he did not hold out his golden scepter that shows mercy, then the rule was is that you would perish. And there was a plot going on in the land, and Esther's uncle says, you got to go and tell the king that if he agrees with this plot and kills all the Jews, that we're in trouble. In fact, you're a Jew, and by the law, you should die. So she says, well, you know what? At first, she's like, I don't know if I want to do that because if I go before the king unannounced, it could be a death sentence for me. And then when Mordecai shares that, she says, okay, you know what? Before I go, we need to fast and we need to pray. And then I'm going to do it. And if I die, I die. But at least I've gone in there and done what I'm supposed to do. That is a prayer that is dangerous. And my friends, there is so many opportunities. I know the Lord is going to open up the door uh, I would say fairly soon for us to take a, a team over to Sri Lanka and start partnering with Nish and Kristen over there. I know Ernie wants to go back to Cambodia and bring teams to Cambodia. You know, he, Cambodia stole a piece of Ernie's heart while he was over there. And, and those type of places are dangerous because it opens up our eyes to the world is bigger than our backyard. All of a sudden it's kind of like, man, you know what? If I'm honest with myself, my prevailing problem right now is that my boss is giving me a hard time at work and then all of a sudden you go someplace where your children are being sold in the sex slave industry and you're like my life is not really not that bad and it changes our thoughts and it opens up it's like lord i had no idea what was happening and those places of danger wakes us up are you sleeping are you bored then you're not living the life that God has for you because God's not boring. God is alive. He's not dead. God wants us to do amazing things for him. Christianity is not boring. The Lord has always wanted us to, uh, has never wanted us to live the safe life. Pray prayers that cause the Lord to take notice. Prayers that are bigger than you. When Dan was here, he told us that it's time to shake the heavens. In the military, there's a saying that, that, that is, makes me sick to my stomach. And the, in the military, it's when they go off on TD, which is temporary deployment, it's what happens on TD stays on TD. And for us who are not military pe people, there's a saying that says what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I want to open that up right now and expose the spotlight on it, say that's a lie from the pit of hell. STDs and children do not stay on temporary deployment, and they do not stay in Vegas. It says in Numbers, be sure your sins will find you out. And when all of a sudden the Lord, our, our, our guys are going off to serve our country somewhere, and, and all that temptation and all that garbage that comes in there, 
you know what? There's going to be fallout of it. And we need to walk in that place and say, Lord, let's say Steve is a military man, and let's say that Steve is going away somewhere, and we're like, you know what? And we put Steve's picture up on our fridge to pray for Steve while he's gone. That's awesome. But a dangerous prayer is to say, Lord, I pray right now for the military as a whole that you would expose that lie and that you would take away the spirit of sexuality. You would take away that spirit, Lord Jesus, of, of whatever the Lord shows you. And then all of a sudden we start going after principalities. And we start saying, God, our military men and our military women are amazing people. We value them, God. They are fighting for us, God. And Lord, we want to stand not only behind them in prayer, but God, we want to intercede for them, God. And pray for their spouses that are back here. Pray for, pray for protection and safety. And pray that they would come back just longing to be with their family once again. Do you see the difference? It's good to pray for people who go away individually. Don't get me wrong. But it's the higher road to pray for people who don't have people praying for them. To pray for that spirit to be removed and, and, and exposed is the word. Let's bash open these doors. Let's, um, let's walk in that place that God is calling us to walk. See, I, had a, I had a picture when, when uh, Dan was talking with the staff. And I thought it would be really cool to do this as a sermon prop. And I was going to call Ashley and say, can you help me? But I thought it wouldn't work. And I thought, you know what? If I could build a set here of some kind and have a door in it, and the door's locked, and then get a guy like Corey or Ashley or someone like that to say, okay, I want what the... The object is I want you to go through that door at whatever it costs. And I thought, well, you know what? Some of the guys would take it to extreme. It's a prop, and they would blow that door open no matter how locked we have it. Or, you know, or if we got two services, it definitely wouldn't make it for the second service. But, you know, you grab a chair, and you throw the chair through it, or you put your body in it. You give it a kick, and you try to kick that door open. And if you picture something more than a door, you picture like a bank vault. You can kick it. You can take a chair and throw it through it, but guess what? You ain't getting into it. And that's kind of like prayer. You know, the, we, we kind of hit these walls and we hit these doors. And the Lord's like, why don't you ask me for the key? And then when we ask us for the key, he gives us the key. It's like, I worked so hard and spent so much energy trying to get into this door, into this vault. And I came up short. And all I had to do, Lord, was ask you for the key. And the Lord's like, yep, here it is. Oh, it works. That's the difference between dangerous prayers and praying safe. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Lord, I want to do what you want, God. I want to accomplish what you want. Lord, what are you blessing? What are you speaking over in our city that I don't have to make a wave, but I can ride the wave of the Spirit? And the last one is the dream prayers. Come on up, team. Have you ever asked God what he thinks of situations? The old saying goes that you can't see the trees for the forest. There's so much truth in that. When we go into battle, there's, not, there's so much that is happening that you can't see unless you're in an elevated position. I've learned this from hunting. You know, before I came to Cold Lake, I never even shot a gun before I came to Cold Lake, and now I own nine of them. And 
the, the, the cool thing, I remember the very first year I was hunting, I, I, you learn every year, and I remember the very first year that I was given some access to a land, and I found a hot spot where there was a lot of deer tracks and stuff, and I knew that there was deers coming through this, this little area there. So I took a lawn chair, and I put it into some brush, and I kind of hid there, and I got it all in my sight line, and I sat very quietly for many hours. And all of a sudden, I heard movement coming, and I got ready, and when I got ready... All of a sudden, I turned around, and there's this big deer behind me. And I'm like, oh. So I just sort of put the gun down, and I went like this, and boom, he was gone. I'm like, ah, and the whole night was ruined. It's kind of like, right at that time, he walks in behind me. I'm like, I'm like this, and it's like, oh, there you are right there. Like, they could have been having a little party back there, and I would have had no idea. But if somebody was in an elevated position... They would have been able to say, listen, you got a deer coming in behind you. Adjust your position and adjust your strategy because they would have seen that coming long before I saw it or heard it. And in prayer, when we get in that place and we say, Lord, help me not to use these things, God, because we rely on these a lot. But it's like that whole... Jean-Claude Van Damme thing where he puts the blindfold on and all of a sudden he uses his ears and he starts going like, Wah! and he knows where the guy is because he's Superman. The Lord wants us to put the blindfold on and listen. And all of a sudden the Lord will say, now strike. Wah! Thank goodness you weren't sitting a little closer, Michael. That would have got gotcha. you. I was totally blind there. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to say, Lord, I don't trust these things. Because these things can see in the natural. And sometimes in the natural, we are severely outnumbered. But in the heavenlies, in the supernatural, if God is for us, then who can be against us? My friends, Dan Baker challenged us. He says, one of the things he says that I really believe the Spirit of the Lord is telling me for 2014 is to reopen the altars. And the truth of the matter is, is it's 1048, service is done, and we've got to go get our kids. But I don't want to miss out on an opportunity to be able to open up the altars. And sometimes in the past, we've opened up the altars where it's kind of like, you know what, if the Lord's speaking to you right now and you want prayer for to see better. You want prayer to be able to trust the Lord more. Then we're going to come and lay hands on you and pray for you. But today, we're not going to pray for anybody. I just really believe that the Spirit of the Lord, we may come behind you and kind of lay hands on you, but I'm not going to speak to you this morning and kind of do like a storytelling because I really believe that the Lord wants to open up the altars. And when he opens up the altars, I don't have to ask you what's wrong. But the Lord knows what's inside of our hearts and when we stand up and we just say god i agree with this message today and lord i want to partner with this message today and if that's you i'm going to ask as ernie is going to sing over you this morning just to come up to the altar for however long the lord brings you up here for and just say god i agree with that lord i want to partner with you god and i want to prepare my heart lord and the lord just wants to impart into people this morning amen so stand to your feet this morning. And again, this is, we haven't done this ever before. But if that message agrees with you, come on up to the altar.
and say, Lord, I partner with that this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.